I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Andy. <laughs> A fine Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't gotten a dose of that it? yet, have you? Why is it still funny? <laughs> that is a joke that, by all rights, should be played. <laughs> should be. It tickles me every it just, week. Uh, it, uh, it's past that point where it's not funny to the point where it's funny again. <laughs> we'll see how how's, long that uh, lasts. How's, <laughs> that's right. How's, uh, how's your movie world? Uh, it's been slow. It's been slow. It was um, it was spring break here, so you know we had a a road trip and uh, to go visit my mom, and so we didn't get a chance to see a lot of stuff. Although while we were at the hotel, I did get to watch the Meg, <laughs> so so I did catch All up on right. that one. <laughs> That's the stuff, Andy. I mean, if you're really if you're gonna sit down, <laughs> if you're gonna sit down and watch a classic, a modern classic. That's right. I. 
That, uh, what do you think? It's the perfect late night hotel fodder. Like that is exactly (laughs) what the Meg is for. And that's, I probably added to my enjoyment because there are certain movies that like when you're staying in a different bed and you're watching TV late at night because you can't sleep, the Meg is exactly that sort of film that you need to put on because (laughs) it's just, it's exactly what it needed to be. It's, it's kind of dumb. Um, it's over the top and ridiculous, but it was still fun. And, uh, it, it's still, like I couldn't fall asleep. It's just, it was, it was still entertaining. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I love the, the final, like the beach sequence is, it just delights me because of all of the beautiful cinematic, like nods to Jaws right. that are done in such an over, th- I mean, it's just one after another, uh, from from shot angles to rack focus to like dog names like dog (laughs) names right right. uh i think they had a delightful time with that movie and i do wish you know that uh, jason statham uh had said uh when that movie came out he said this was not the movie that i signed on for right it what i signed on for was a bloody gory kind of horror thriller of a monster movie and this this is a little bit anodyne by Mm. comparison to what he was sold um so i i kind of wish that we'd gotten the uh the director's cut let's say of of this the (laughs) the extreme edition maybe the actor's cut because it sounds like the The director didn't want to go down the road the directors yeah didn't want to go that way but i i still had a really good time (laughs) with this ridiculous movie yeah it was fun oh i'm glad i'm glad to hear that yeah, but but that's uh, it. Other than playing catch up on all the A Star Is Borns, um, yeah, I haven't yeah. Uh, haven't had a chance to watch anything. So I'm I'm right there with you. I just uh, finished the 1976 uh, mm-hmm. again yesterday. We're yes. talking about that this coming week. Indeed, indeed. yes, indeed. Uh, I haven't watched uh, 2018 yet. I wanted to try and get both of those done this weekend, but I don't know that I'll do it. You you saw that one, right? It, the 76 I had, but now that no, we're the into the music... Did you see the 2018 version? Y- yes. Okay, I oh, couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now that we've watched the other three, I'm finding they're all blending together at this point. <laughs> really? That's so funny. <laughs> okay, I are, find them all so vastly again? different that uh like i don't that's not happening in my head like there's so many they're also they all take such an interesting different spin on their own time that that i i think it's uh, kind of interesting so. I think it's remarkable that you were able to do that. For me, like the scene where he says, hey, wait a minute, I just want to get another look at you. Like in my head, it cuts between black and white and color now. Like it's just well, it ridiculous. Just there was no black and white version. I know. What is wrong with that? Like it's the um, <laughs> it just, like, I'm seeing I'm seeing Judy Garland uh, turning around. I'm seeing it's not. Anyway, well, yeah, I I, that would be a fun uh, thing to do. That'd be a great YouTube mashup is to take scenes from all these different yes. stars borns and like yeah. cut between them, you know, and, and right. show show Frederick March saying that line and Judy Garland turning around and and it's sh- actually <laughs> Frederick March like racing his little Ferrari uh, down a <laughs> highway or a country road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So stars born. Yes, we'll be talking about that this week and. Um, I have not seen anything either. I think the last thing I saw in the theater was Captain Marvel. So, yeah, we were we were hoping to get out while we were visiting my mom. We were going to try getting out to see that Apollo Eleven documentary, which looked really interesting. But right, we had a lot of other things going on, and it was one of those ones where I'm like, you know, I, I think the adults were all interested, but I was like, I don't know if the kids are going to make it through. And we ended up just doing some other things anyway. So, 
it's all good. It was all good, but uh, yeah, yeah, slow on movies. Hopefully, we'll we'll do some more catch up this week, and uh, if if I get time this weekend, we're hoping to take the kids to Dumbo. So we'll see. I hear Dumbo's dark. Well, it, you know, mom gets taken away. There's the whole crying scene. You know, it's it's a it's a there's a lot of darkness even in the animated one. I mean, it's largely remembered for all the the lightness and everything. But I mean, he gets drunk and has like this crazy crazy nightmare. I mean, it's there's some stuff in there. Oh, the clowns are freaky. I mean, clowns. Where... Yeah, clowns, man. I know. But tell me about it. <laughs> I don't like clowns. Uh, there is uh, there's a scene where Dumbo trunk strangles a clown in this one. It's weird. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, see how that well, plays. That with sounds the kids. like uh, everyone should love it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I I got a little bit of follow up uh, last week. Steve and I talked about the Apple TV or the Apple announcement that was coming last Monday, and that has come. Uh, have you seen anything about this? No. This is uh, they. It, it was essentially upfronts up for Apple's new Apple TV Plus service, and I just they they paraded the names, and you know Apple Apple produces good events really, and they're they're little videos that you can see on their YouTube channel of you know announcing all of these properties, their sizzle reel. Um, announcing the service. So the service opens and it's Steven Spielberg's voice. And he says, you want to hear how to open this thing? Oh, sure. Black screen. And then you see a dot of light and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it opens to close up of the, of whoever's talking and it's him talking and they're doing that. And it's Steven Spielberg. And you're like, what is he doing here? Uh, that's their little entry video to what they're trying to accomplish with Apple TV. And then they do this parade of story, which is how important story is and everything's fantastic. Cut to black, opens up and uh, back on stage. And there's Spielberg. He's standing on stage and uh, and he's talking about um, bringing back amazing stories um, that he is going to be doing for the network. So he's he was first. Then Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon come out and talk about the morning show. And uh, a, a little bit uh, after they start talking, Steve Carell bumbles on stage. And so we have, you know, we, we're parading big names on this tech conference stage, uh, followed by Jason Momoa and Alfre Woodard to talk about C. And C is supposedly uh, the, the most expensive production to date, uh, more expensive to produce per episode than Game of Thrones. Uh, and it is about a world uh, that um, is, uh, it's post-apocalyptic. It takes place generations and generations after humanity has lost the ability to see. And it's so far after we've lost that ability that uh, it is uh, mere rumor that we were able to see ever in the past. Like people actually disagree with the fact that that it, that humans were ever able to see ever had as an extra sense. Mm. Um, very interesting. Uh, Kumail Nanjani and Emily Gordon got up and talked about Little America, which is an anthology series that they're doing about uh, immigrants in America. Uh, it looks just fascinating. J.J. Abrams and Sarah Bareilles got up to talk about Little Voices, which is I I am I think it's about a musician who has a heart of gold. We'll see. Um, and then finally, uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey came out and talked about some documentary projects that she's working on. 
along with Oprah's Global Apple Book Club. Um, And she had the now meme-worthy line, why am I doing this? A billion phones in your pockets, y'all. And so, uh, so that was it. It was a massive star parade on Monday, and uh, it looks like the service will be available um, on uh, in May at some point. Uh, they they do say here that Apple is already in the business of. Feature films. They're ready to venture into the world of feature films. They're in the business with A24, Andy. Huzzah! Yeah, so there, it, nothing was said about that, but the reporters picked it up in the event afterward. So um, we'll see see what happens. It looks really, really quite similar to, you know, CBS All Access and uh, Netflix Studios. And um, uh, so we'll see. They've, they've put a ton of money into oh, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the news you know what uh that reminded me of uh as you were saying that um i started showing amazing stories the old episodes to my kids this past week mm. it's very Excellent. fun very fun to How'd watch it go good they enjoy them they're they're fun you know they're they're fun there's a little little bit of uh kind of some creepiness uh i mean there are some scarier episodes but for the most part we're uh you know yeah just trying to go through the the main ones and and having a really good time. It's a it's a lot of fun revisiting those old shows. They only ever released season one. Season two never mm-hmm. got a release. I'm hoping now with that announcement that they might finally put it out there because there are some other good episodes in that season. Um, uh, it'll be interesting. These anthology stories. I think there is some debate around the success of anthology stories. But now we have Jordan Peele behind, um, you know, a reboot of Twilight yeah, but Zone. That's not getting good, uh, good reviews. I know. I know. I, and and so you know, especially after you know, kind of middling reviews of us. Um, middling reviews. Ah, you know, well, I haven't seen it yet, but everything I'm reading is that that sh- that film has been woefully poorly marketed. Uh, that it's it the the uh, once again the trailer was, uh, you know, this promised to be this thriller horror fest, and w- when you see the film, it is uh, uh, much more uh, sort of reserved than that. Uh, that it's. It's not as clear on its messaging that it's uh, as uh, Get Out was. Uh, it's still ninety four percent on movie. Rotten Tomatoes and eighty one on Metacritic. So I, I what's think... the audience? What's the audience review on Rotten Tomatoes right now? Uh, seventy one. It's good. That's still good, but you know it's a C minus. Yeah, but people are idiots. Well, people are, but I, these are people that I actually in my, in my circle, right. You know, friends of the show who have seen the movie (laughs) and are saying it's, it's not what I, I don't know if I like it or not, like really straight down the road. Like this is not get out and it's not as scary as get out. You should see it and try to figure it out because it's not, it's not the movie you think it is. Right, right, right. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. I've been busy doing all these other things. I was trying to convince my mom that she wanted to see it, and I, I couldn't quite <laughs> couldn't quite make that happen. <laughs> uh, my wife doesn't want to see it, so uh, it's. I, I think it's going to have to be me some late uh, night after the kids are in bed. I'll have to sneak out and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully this coming week, because I'm really, really wanting to see it while there still isn't uh, like a crowd in the theater, because I hear that's a great way to see it. Yeah, truly. And and I loved Get Out so much. I want this to be an 
just fantastic. Yeah. And so I, I'll stop talking. Well, I know that, you know, uh, for those who have seen it, uh, Steve has started a conversation up in our spoilers channel over in Discord. Mm-hmm. So for those who want to, who have seen it and want to jump in and chat, uh, there's an ongoing conversation in there. Uh, let's see. Should we talk about a little Marvel news? Yeah, I didn't find a whole lot this week, but I, what I did find is that um, the new uh, the new ride at uh, Hong Kong Disneyland opens tomorrow. It's the the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Nano Battle, which um, <laughs> that's awesome. I think it's going to be kind of fun. Um, Hope you make it back from the quantum zone, kids. That's right. That's right. This is the the description of it. Um, it's. Uh, the story the story begins uh, it, i guess they had already done a ride called the iron man experience which um i should know about considering we're doing this uh marvel show but i haven't heard of the iron man experience uh, out at hong kong disneyland but this one tony stark aka iron man sets up a pavilion for visitors to learn about new uh stark industries uh that he's developing to keep the world safe however hydra has launched a two-pronged attack targeting both stark tower in kowloon and the shield science and technology pavilion while iron man is fighting hydra at stark tower he calls upon ant-man and the wasp to help protect the pavilion against thousands of swarm bots under the command of arnim zola bent on stealing the pavilion's data core and it has Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly both uh, uh, reprising their roles to be a part of it and and help the guests fight this battle uh, through this, as they say, the the immersive experience. So awesome! Plus, it features awesome. the, the Marvel's first Hong Kong specific character, Leslie Lam, who's the chief engineer of the Shield Science and Technology Pavilion. So, mm. yeah, I'm gonna have to make it over there one of these days just to ride that ride. Speaking of uh, uh, China, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like they got uh, Endgame and was uh, is going to be released a couple of days early in China, two days uh, before it's released everywhere else. Nice. And uh, are you and flying I, over to see uh, it over there? Well, I, I was looking at tickets, Andy. It's not cheap, and <laughs> I'm not sure I want to stand in lines over there. It's it's, it's very complicated logistically, but uh, this is what I thought was interesting, that uh, some local analysts uh, in the Chinese bookmaking, Hollywood bookmaking uh, business are saying that Endgame could be Hollywood's first film to generate more than half a billion dollars in ticket sales. Uh, three Chinese films have hit that that milestone: Wolf Warrior Two, uh, The Wandering Earth, and Operation Red Sea. I have seen uh, none of the three, uh, but nothing from Hollywood has uh, cracked the four hundred million dollar mark in ticket sales. Uh, Wandering Earth is uh, a very recent movie; it just came out. That's yeah. the one that uh, Nick Langdon had been talking about and and checked out. And, right, and uh, yeah. It sounds like it would so, be an interesting. That, that sounds interesting. like the perfect hotel late night fodder. <laughs> totally, uh, I I'm telling you, Andy, with these posters that came out, Avenge the Fallen, like I'm, uh, all of the press that I am reading are have headlines and subheads like this: the Marvel franchise ender when referring to uh, Endgame. Mm. Andy, I'm telling you, this could be the end of our. I just want to. It's just, just reinforcing that we have an end <laughs> There's an out. date, an, an out. 22 for, years for the in the making. 22 years. At least there's an end. So, <laughs> just saying. Uh, Angelina Jolie was signed to The Eternals. Do you, have you been reading any of The Eternals? No, I haven't. I haven't. 
No, I feel like apparently I feel it's like there's a lot of things I'm gonna have to start reading now. <laughs> totally. Uh, apparently, it's just bananas, and uh, who knows what that means. But she seems like an interesting uh, ad. Uh, so much, so much for fresh faces, right? Yeah. No, I, but you know, it's it's fine. I I, I still think that it's uh, it'll be it'll make for an interesting. Um, thing to look at, you know, especially with, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I think it's interesting, the things that they're starting to announce that they're kind of unfolding, things like um, like the Eternals. Um, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they talked about the um, uh, the the I can't remember, the Asian character that they're going to be uh, releasing into the universe, Shang-Chi. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're slowly starting to uh, put uh, you know, just a wider variety of things out. So, I, you know, I'm excited to see where they're going to go after after number 22. Me too. Uh, and I, I do love the new posters. I think the new uh, portrait artwork for Avenge the Fallen, even though it's been completely co-opted by uh, uh, memes on the Internet. Well, yeah, I think it's really good. And a lot of people are, uh, I don't know why, but, you know, they get up in arms about these things because now they're saying, well, there's so many spoilers in the posters as far as who made it, and who didn't. I'm like, you know, seriously, inevitably. I, I mean, you know, I don't get it. Yeah. All right. Do we do you want to trailers trailer up? Let's trailer right. up. And- <laughs> you should be fine with this. My trailer is, it's an adaptation, let me let me just say this for you, Pete. It's an adaptation of a series of children's horror books, Pete. Children's <laughs> horror books. They make it scary, <laughs> man. They make it scary. They do. This is exactly the kind of horror that I don't like. <laughs> what, children's horror? Children's horror. <laughs> Clowns, yes. Children, no. <laughs> now, this is the adaptation of uh, Alvin Schwartz's. Uh, he did a series of three horror books in the uh, 80s and 90s. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, speaking of anthologies, it's he wrote a series of anthology stories uh, for kids uh, that had a little scare kind of before... Um, uh, what was the other one that was the kid? Goosebumps, kind of like setting the stage for mm-hmm. those sorts of tales. Now we have uh, Andre Overdahl's adaptation of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, um, produced by Guillermo del Toro. So uh, it's uh, it's interesting to see what they're doing here. And we've talked about Andre Overdahl before, who did uh, Troll Hunter, which we quite enjoyed. We did. And I, I believe, uh. I don't know, actually, I think that he's involved in the uh, the Troll Hunter kids show, the animated show on Netflix. I think that he, yeah, he's producing and writing that, that Guillermo del Toro has also been involved with. And uh, now the two of them, uh, along with a script written by Dan and Kevin uh, uh, Hageman, they are uh, doing a film that I, my understanding is it's adapting three of the stories from the scary stories to tell in the dark, um, the uh, short stories. And I just love the look. It just, it looks so creepy. You're right. It doesn't necessarily look like something that I want to take my kids to because it looks maybe a little too scary for them, which is funny that it's coming from these, um, these 
uh, kids books. But I don't know. I, I think that it has this, this great vibe. I think that creepy lady in the hallway that just, I don't even know what to say. Oh, about yeah. Just is so scary. Oh, the girl in the bathroom, Andy, come yeah. on. No, oh, there's, there's a lot of really uh, scary stuff going on here. With the leg mm-hmm. coming out of her face. Yeah. There's oh, Andy, there's good stuff really, here, yeah. like, this is what Del Toro, he wakes up in the morning. He's like, mm, 8 a.m. Sunday morning. I'm going to go mess some kids up. All right, right. Like, right. That's what this is. That's what this is all about. We're going to try and uh, we're going to try and mess up kids and and a parent or two. Yeah. Um, See, the- I, I knew that you would fall in love with this. I saw that. I didn't even have to watch the trailer. I just saw the little stupid scarecrow face in the thumbnail. And I was like, oh, that's Andy Bate. <laughs> it totally was. Totally was. <laughs> Uh, the, the the little tag says, it's 1968 in America. Change is blowing in the wind, but seemingly far removed from the unrest in the cities in the small is the small town of Mill Valley, where for generations, the shadow of the Bellows family has loomed large. It is in their mansion on the edge of town that Sarah, a young girl with horrible secrets, turned her tortured life into a series of scary stories written in a book that has transcended time. Stories that have a way of becoming all too real for a group of teenagers who discover Sarah's terrifying tome. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the book, this. The book reads you. And <laughs> the, the book, book reads, reads you. you. I wonder if Mill Valley is close at all to Hill Valley. <laughs> like uh, there's, there's, a, a, there's a happy side a of horror, the hill a horror and loop. a really yeah. scary side of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take the book to Hill Valley. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, that's my trailer. It looks like it's going to be coming out August 9th, 2019. So it'll be a fun horror summer movie. Well, mine is more of a spring movie that is, uh, it's old men talking in accents. What's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> it's the professor and the madman. Uh, this is, look at this. It's Mel Gibson's new movie. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think he has, I've heard no reported uh, racial rants from the production of this film. Not a single one. I think <laughs> it might be safe to see this movie. Uh, Natalie Dormer, Mel Gibson, uh, the fantastic Sean Penn. This is a, the story of uh, the first edition of the Oxford Dictionary. It is based on a, uh, a apparently a true story. Um, the professor in 1857 who began compiling the dictionary uh, and led to overseeing the committee and the doctor who submitted over 10,000 entries while he was undergoing treatment at an asylum for the criminally insane. Uh, the original book was called The Surgeon of Crowthorne. Uh, by Simon Winchester, uh, back from 1998. Uh, I, I think the cast looks fantastic. Uh, it, they have done what hopefully, um, you know, the uh, girl with the dragon tattoo did to sex up research. Uh, the professor and the madman sex up writing dictionary entries. Um, <laughs> Uh, I I feel like uh, this this could be a, a really interesting film. It gives uh, uh, certainly Sean Penn a chance to brood in leg irons. Uh, y- you can't really go wrong with that. Um, uh, I I like the look of the film. I love the the time and the context, and I'm actually really interested in this story. So um, here's hoping this gets a, a nice wide release. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a. a, a a property that's been bouncing around forever. I actually read this book when it came out and I quite enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was retitled actually when it was released in the U S uh, not the surgeon of Crowthorn, 
but it was retitled retitled the professor and the madman so it Mm -hmm. um I, i guess you know people here didn't know enough about that information so they just made it a little more of a movie title and uh hey got me hooked so i guess it worked (laughs) um but mel gibson i mean he was trying to um uh produce this right away when it came out he had john borman on who wrote a script and was going to direct it then luke basson came on and then it's just been kind of lingering and i think he's been buried in other things and then uh finally they they got it made and they um and here we are, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see, uh, what they're going to do with this. And, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've always been really curious in this story. I think it looks like they're doing a good job with it. So, um, yeah, I count me in, you know, and, and I think Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, two, uh, really interesting actors who have, had their own issues outside of, uh, you know, the, the films that they're in. Um, I, it's an interesting pairing and I'm really curious. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely in on this one. I, I'm glad to hear it, especially as you've read the book. I never did. Uh, but it is also uh, reinforcing here that it's uh, out of a few hundred uh, ratings so far over on IMDb. We get uh, 7.8 out of 10 on the IMDb uh, six star rule. So start. Uh, cruising, cruising over the uh, the six star hurdle. Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, very promising. All right. Comes out May 10th. May 10th. Excellent. That's just coming know, up, Andy. That's really soon. We can watch you it on up. our... That uh, may be the next thing that you're going to see. You don't hurry. <laughs> that might be the, the thing that uh, that bumps Endgame out of the uh, top slot. <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Well, let's do, uh, let's do the list. Let's do it. This should be fun. We're doing. We, we're we're talking about uh, the the meet cute. Yeah, we did uh, this week on the show. We did the 1954 A Star Is Born, and there's a a, a great meet cute right at the beginning with uh, Judy Garland and James Mason as he stumbles onto stage drunk, and she has to incorporate him into her dance routine and uh, kind of get him off the stage. Worked really nicely. We had a few other options, but the meet cute uh, got most of the votes. So uh, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, would you like to kick it off? Uh, I would, I guess. <laughs> this is hard. Really? Because I'm, well, no, it wasn't hard because I couldn't, find any it was hard because it made me have to think what is it that i love about meat cutes Mm. right because i'm a sap i am a sap and so like throw the low-hanging fruit at me and i'm you know i'll be biting my lip it was just last night we're watching uh the family is going through glee you know we're going through the show glee on the on the uh, netflix because the kids have never seen it and we really enjoyed the first few seasons we're in the dark place with Glee right now, season six, and they just had a double gay wedding on this show. And it was the premise was ridiculous and true to form. We take on our family roles. My kids are eye rolling at all the romance. My wife is weeping next to me and I am biting my lip to prevent myself from weeping. Next to me. It's just <laughs> how we go. Right. That's just what happens. And it's so stupid. So here I am uh, uh, attempting to go for the meat cute, trying to figure out what is it that I really like about the meat cute beyond the sappy stuff. Um, and uh, so I, I think I do have some sap. I definitely have some sap. But but these three are three that I'm I'm really happy with. So don't steal them. You've been warned. 
the first one is actually a movie we've talked about in, uh, for other reasons on the show uh, before, and that is um, uh, Moonstruck. It's Moonstruck. Mm. I think Cher and Nicolas Cage are fantastic. The whole premise of this story is great, that she has to go tell her uh, estranged future brother-in-law about uh, her upcoming nuptials, and then they fall in love, and it's a very strange thing. Nicolas Cage is at his very weird best in this movie. I I think he's uh, just fantastic, and their uh, initial meeting is quirky and odd, and then they get in bed together, and John Patrick Shanley is as you know, we're we're fans, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, Norman Jewison is uh, is a fantastic director. So um, I, I start with the meet cute in Moonstruck, and I couldn't actually find the specific sequence to share on YouTube, but um, but I'm I'm still digging um, because it's it's a great one. And I bet you can at least play the scene where she's slapping him, the double yeah, double right. slap. I love that movie yeah. so much. Uh, I am absolutely thrilled. That you included it on your list and that it's not a steal for my list. So, oh, good. So, good. well, and it's one of those funny, but because it's, it's kind of weird, it's left off of a lot of lists. Like it's usually in top 10 lists, right? When you're looking for great movies to watch romantic movies it's like number 11 you know what i mean it's it's an also ran and so i wanted to start with it because i think it's super charming and it's 1987 it's a movie that i think a lot of people haven't seen these days um so yeah it's worth it very much so i'm going uh, for my first one one that i suppose you would say is incredibly obvious uh, because it is exactly what uh is the sort of film that meet cutes uh, especially modern meat cutes are really uh, kind of designed with, and it's it's a big part of it. And it it's a romantic comedy, so obviously it uh, it ties into the film because of that. Um, but it's a film that I really really uh, do love in the world of romantic comedies and what they bring to the table. And it's it's a, a movie about a big movie star and a, a, a bookstore owner and the way that they end up meeting and kind of the relationship that forms. It is, of course, uh, Roger Mitchell's Notting Hill from 1999. I think this movie is just adorable. And in the world of the Hugh Grant romantic comedies and in the world of Julia Roberts and romantic comedies, seeing these two come together um, in this uh, script written by Richard Curtis, it worked so well for me. And it, it's one of those ones that I feel like it shouldn't have because because it just looked like such the typical romantic comedy, but it still works. And I, I love just kind of all of it. I mean, and I think their meet cute is really adorable. You know, first she comes into his bookstore because uh, she's just looking for stuff and uh, he recognizes her. He's nervous. He's, you know, he talks too much. She's kind of annoyed. She's just trying to remain anonymous and then she leaves. But then later, and this is a typical meet cute. This is like one of the tropes, you know, he accidentally bumps into her. He's carrying orange juice and it gets all over her. It gets all over him. And he offers uh, to have her come to his apartment, which is the right in front of just so that she can change. And it just kind of, it, it kind of blossoms from there. I love it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. That's my first choice. Notting Hill. <laughs> I I I applaud you for uh, pulling this one. Um, first of all, we have to have uh, Richard Curtis represented. We have to have Hugh Grant represented, and we have to have both of those things. So 
so forcefully represented that I had to pick one too. <laughs> and that is my second pick. <laughs> now, uh, the, the movie itself is kind of a, a classic now in, in terms of uh, romantic stories. I, it's kind of an anthology story, sort of. It really tells the story of, of a bunch of, of different stories of love. Uh, that is love actually. Uh, but the meat cute that I want to talk about is one that is just laced with filthy, filthy language, and I find it adorable. It is a story of David and Natalie. David has recently been elected the prime minister of the country. Yes, it's Hugh Grant, and he can run my country any day, Andy, any day. <laughs> uh, and he goes in to meet the the staff, and uh, uh, Martine McCutcheon plays uh, a, a uh, uh, new employee on the household service staff and they meet and she proceeds to just swear at him and i find that so awkward and so charming and so uh just sort of naturally lovable that that's their story is my favorite by far in in the entirety of love actually and i think uh the meeting with president billy bob thornton uh is uh, is just awesome it's just awesome in terms of the romance and the weirdness and uh, and uh, the love, actually. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's never been one of my favorites either. I know people love that movie. Yeah. Um, I've watched it several times, and I'm always trying to go, okay, maybe this is the time. And I haven't quite hit it, but my wife keeps telling me, just watch it again. Give it another chance. I'm like, all right, I'll try I, one of these days, but I don't want to do it yet. <laughs> by all rights, Andy, we should love it. I mean, Colin Firth yeah, and everybody. Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. I mean, the, the cast is amazing. Chewy, Kira and Chewy. Yeah. They're both. I mean, it's amazing uh, as a cast, but I'm with you. Like the the as I watch it, the story that really stands out to me is the the prime minister story and everything else is is it pushes me a little bit. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I hear that. that. I hear that, man. Yeah. All right. What's your number two? <sighs> I, I'm really torn on uh, what to do for my number two. I have, uh, my list is way too long, um, but I think I'm going to go with this one because I, I don't feel like we've thrown it on any of our lists and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I don't think this has been represented before uh, and it should be if it hasn't. And if it has, then it's okay for me to represent it again because it's <laughs> such a great movie. It is, of course, the brilliant, brilliant film Singing in the Rain. I love oh, this movie, uh, and the, the meet cute, of course, is the wonderful Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds when he's uh, he's trying to get away from his crazy fans, and he jumps into this convertible that happens to be passing by with uh, with Kathy, and uh, <laughs> she proceeds to tell him that he's a talentless hack. And all of this fantastic uh, just stuff. She just totally, uh, yes, she helps him get away, but, it, you know, she's just like, you know, shows no interest. And, uh, and then of course it, it turns into a, a hilarious, uh, little bit of retribution when he's at a party later and she turns out to be one of the dancing girls and, uh, just, and it goes from there. <laughs> I love this movie so much. And, uh, I think their meet cute is one of my favorites. So I had to make sure it was included. Uh, that is a terrific choice. And I, I, I actually struggle a little bit. There were a couple that was on my list, uh, as an alternative, uh, had you gotten to, um, one of these other ones. I'm relieved to say that I made it through all three completely <laughs> unscathed. Uh, well, I, that delights. I, I have a feeling. I know what your your next one's going to be, uh, but I'm really curious. So I'm excited to see. What I you almost I almost want to say it at the same time, like count to three and say it at the same, and see if you're right. Well, 
don't, because if you don't say it, I'm going <laughs> You're to do saying it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is uh, definitely a much more recent movie. And it's a movie that, uh, you know, the, the, I started talking about this whole idea of what we were doing with my wife. And this is also the first movie that she thought of. Um, and uh, of course, she couldn't remember the name of it, but uh, <laughs> that's table stakes at our house. So it is a, a wonderful movie. And I love it so much because it makes me f- it, it allows me to go back to my youth, to high school, to uh, feeling like this and to have uh, such a message and have no idea how to get it out. And this movie, actually, uh, our our protagonist and his friends, actually, they get it out. And it's it's wonderful. It is 2016's uh, Sing Street, the, the meet cute between uh, Connor and Rafina, uh, where he has to cross the street and ask her why she's not in school. Well, I'm a model. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a band. If you're in a band, sing me a song. <laughs> and he proceeds to butcher take on me right there on the street. It is so beautiful and charming. And their relationship is lovely. And I of the John Carney music movies, this one is absolutely number one uh, on my list. I I am deeply moved by this movie every time I watch it. So uh, Sink Street. That's a was brilliant, right? brilliant were, were choice. Right? It was not what I was going to say, which is uh, exciting because now I get to say this other one. And I'll be honest, I have a very long list of meat cutes uh, because there are so oh, many. Yeah. But this one, I I think it works so well because it's not a romantic comedy. There's romance in the movie. There's comedy in the movie, but it's it's not. That's not what the film is. It is largely a kind of a, a crime film. And there's, uh, a, it's about this bank robber who breaks out of jail and he kidnaps a U.S. <laughs> Marshal on the way out. And they have a fantastic meet cute in the trunk of a car lit by the red light inside the trunk. It is, of course, Steven Soderbergh's 1998 movie, Out of Sight. George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez. I love the way these characters meet and I love the way their romance and relationship unfolds over the course of the film. Because it's not uh, it, it's not that romantic sort of movie, but this scene is one of the most romantic, beautiful scenes uh, done. I just love it so much. So uh, that's uh, that's my final pick. Out of sight. Yeah, and I was, was convinced. Another alternate I was on like, my list this too, is yeah. totally on Pete's list. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It was definitely on the list. Uh, and I, but they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't sing adorably uh, and make music videos and out of sight. That would have, that would have been. If they had, it. though. If they had. If they had. That's right. Do you have that's any, right. Uh, and, oh, go ahead. Well, I have one bonus that I didn't say, uh, but I have to actually, uh, you know, of the <coughs> list, you know, I've got a, a number of them on the list, but there's only one that I want to say as my bonus pick. And that is for you and for Steve, the Memorial Woody Allen pick, and that's Annie Hall. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> that was because she's adorable. Yeah. Oh no. That was that was one of mine. I had also, you know, Sleepless in Seattle, of course, Bridesmaids, Bringing Up Baby, Fifty First Dates, yep. The Big yep. Sick Before Sunrise. Just so many, so uh, many good options. Oh God, Bridesmaids. Ugh, Bridesmaids is amazing. Uh, Kristen Wiig is yeah. unbelievable. Oh, she's great. She's so funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good list. But what do you what what connects all what what do you love about meat cutes? Did you figure did you figure that out? What is it that specifically connects to you on a meat cute that's done well? It's I think it's I think it's feeling that spark. I think that's what it is. Like whether it's like splashing orange juice on somebody or kidnapping somebody, whatever it is, feeling like there's that connection and where I feel like 
I'm part of that connection in a way where there's kind of that, that, uh, kind of, I don't know, just, there's that bond there. And I, um, I, I don't know. I just, I really like meet cutes and I think it's a, a great, um, a great way to kind of introduce characters, especially when they're going to be, um, you know, struggling against that love that they found right at that initial, initial mm-hmm. spark. So, and that's generally, well, I think what is... it is. You have the meet cute. Yeah. There's that, you can sense the spark, but they fight it for the duration of the film, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Or at least one of them does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a good list. This is a, a, a good list of six lovely and romantic movies, and uh, I don't think you can go wrong with a single one of them. What do we have coming up this week? We're looking hmm. at the 1976 version of A Star is Born, and uh, there's definitely some differences with this one. So um, we could do car crashes. Um, you know, that's something we can certainly yeah. throw in there. Um, we could do <laughs> froze, big froze. <laughs> <laughs> movies where Gary Busey plays ironically sober. <laughs> <laughs> Is he sober? Was he also snorting the coke when when he? Yeah, I think he. I think I, he was. Yeah. But you know, he was like the straight man. You know, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I have a feeling that's a short list. And just... <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay, I I actually like uh, car crashes. I think car crashes would be great. Yeah, that should be an easy Add one. That, to get that on the list. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this one's rock stars. We could do rock stars. This is there's a shift from kind of the 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 uh, actors which we had in the first two A Star Is Borns. Now we're making a shift to singers. So that's been kind of um, that's that's really kind of the biggest shift in the way that these next two A Star Is Borns are presented is the fact that now we're looking at musicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I was thinking, uh, I was trying to pivot that around something to do with like um, movies with you know big concerts without saying concert movies. But I think that's the that's the better way to do it. It's just you know great rock star movies. Yeah, that aren't music movies. You know, or biopics. Maybe we should we or should bi- cut biopics like yes. rock star movies that aren't biopics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the that's the way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Best weird homes in the desert? No. <laughs> and the, the, the <laughs> Films set in Arizona. <laughs> Films set in Arizona. Mentions of Arizona. <laughs> Best cheating spouse movies. <laughs> Adulterous relationships. <laughs> like, what's the opposite of the meat cute? You know what I mean? Well, it certainly is something that we put on the list last week, self-destruction, you know, uh, or, or relationship destruction, I guess you could almost yes, call it. relationship destruction. Did we put that on the list last week? You put Was self-destruction on the list. Yeah, vomiting, okay. the meat cute, and self-destruction were on the list yeah. last week. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Vomiting. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> I'm glad some people <laughs> voted for that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, I I like the uh, I I think we lean in on the opposite of meet cute okay. and we go this time with uh, relationship with destruction. Relationship destruction. Okay, so there there we go. And We've I'm got... gonna focus on the best uh, m- movies where we have the best discovery of adultery. That's that's <laughs> I think that's the. That's the one. So we've got car crashes, movies about rock stars that aren't biopics, and relationship destruction. (laughs) Outstanding. I think it's a great set. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Excellent. Well, it's up there, everybody. Right. So get your votes in, and uh, we will uh, later in the week reveal what we're going to be talking about. I'm looking forward to uh, finding out what everybody wants to hear us go on and mm. on about. Me, <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, what's the first thing you're going to see when you leave this show? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Dumbo. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I, I have no idea what I'm going to get to go out and watch. Me too. It's a roll. Of the I'll dice. tell you For what me, I'm going to be watching is minutes of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> minutes of Iron Man and uh, minutes of um, Mad Max Fury Road. Mad We're going to be guesting yeah. on the Mad Max Fury Road show. I'm I'm excited about that. Are they recording as far ahead as we record? Well, it just started releasing this past week uh, or last week, so it's uh, you know they're somewhere between five and ten episodes in, and we're recording. Uh, or sorry, no, three to six because they're only doing three shows a week, and we are uh, on minutes fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven. So yeah. yes, they are. Yeah, so it'll be uh, many moons before Andy and I are on that show, but we're recording it today, mm -hmm. so that's something. Looking forward to that. A little All chat right. about uh, some of the Fury Road minutes, and uh, we'll make sure to let everybody know when it uh, goes live so you yeah. can tune in. Right. All right. Go. Thanks, Andy. Good Good day. Indeed. Have a, uh, have a fantastic movie weekend. Same to you, and thanks to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters out there. We appreciate you. Have a good weekend, everybody. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.